Blog Talk Radio. I'm your host, Nancy Quinn. I'm a wildlife artist and author, and I live in the wilds of Montana. I'm really looking forward to our monthly chat tonight. It is a call-in show, so feel welcome to call in. The number is 516-387-1756. And you know what? Before we get going, I already have a caller, so let's welcome them in. Hello, caller. This is Nancy. Introduce yourself. Hi, I'm James. I'm normally from Washington, but I'm kind of on vacation in Montana right now. <laughs> Isn't that fabulous? Well, tell yeah, me, what awesome. do you uh, what do you think of Montana? Well, today I went hiking up in up in the mountains and whatnot, and I had a really great time. I I hiked around and I went up like four different mountains and hiked them up. And it's not as Montana's weather is hot, but it's different than like Washington weather. We're more got a lot more water in our, our more humidity or whatever is different. So it's a, not as hot for me to walk around here. I had a great time walking around and checking it out and taking a whole bunch of really awesome pictures. And you have a beautiful state. But thanks oh, for answering me, and you have a wonderful show. I really like and enjoy calling in. Well, that's wonderful. That's wonderful, James. Thank you so much. I'm glad that you're enjoying some of your time in Montana. I'm hoping that wherever you are, the smoke hasn't come to you because where I am now, we're actually having a, a day that is so smoky, I didn't even want to go outside. So it sounds like you're uh, still able to get out and enjoy yourself. Yeah, there's a fire up by Lola Hot Springs. or Yeah, Lola Hot Springs. There's one not east of it or whatever, but it's not bothering us yet. So I'm still got great weather and not no smoke or nothing. So yeah, it was awesome. Okay. I had a great oh, well, time that's, hiking. That's great, Ben. That's great. Well, it looks like I've got another caller, so let me welcome them in real quick, and then we'll get on with things. So. Hello, caller. This is Nancy. Introduce yourself to us. Hi, Nancy. How you doing? This is Randall from Alabama. Hi, Randall. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. You doing okay today? I am. I am. Um, I was just mentioning I've actually had a pretty nice day. Got a lot of work done working on my third book. Wow. Which, wow. Yeah, it's probably the best that I'm inside because we're having a lot of smoke right now. Oh, no. Yeah, we're just having a lot of heat down here in Alabama. Um, yeah, but we, we do have uh, the wildfires. You know, it's that time in the season, and we are getting some. So, well, I have another call pop in, so let me welcome them in for a second, and okay. then I'll get right back to you, okay? Okay. Hello, caller. Why don't you introduce yourself? This is Nancy. This is Cherokee Luke calling. Well, hello, Miss Cherokee. How are you? Okay. How are you? 
Oh, well, we're doing just fine up here on the mountain. Let me get started yeah, with a couple of questions. Yeah, I see the light updates. shining from here. <laughs> oh, well, let me get started on a couple updates, and then I've got some fun things planned for tonight. I want to hear about some of these these tips and advice you might offer, and then I also have another fun quiz coming up for you. But uh, yeah. I did want to start. Great. I did want to start and let you all know that I'm going to be in Missoula, Montana, this Saturday, August the 10th, at the Barnes & Noble Bookstore. I'm having a signing there, and I'll be there from 11 to 2. So for anyone in the area, I just wanted to let you know. I hope you stop by and, and talk to me. And I have some other news that I'm actually really excited to share. If you find yourself in the renowned Museum of the Rockies in Bozeman, look for my books because they're now in the museum gift store. Oh, wonderful. Congratulations. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Thanks. I'm That's really great. excited about it. I, I am. You it's, should be. It's, Congratulations. Uh, yeah, thanks. It's quite an accomplishment, so I'm really happy about that. And so the news actually is kind of short tonight. So tonight I thought we would maybe share some of Grandma's wisdom that has been passed down through time. So tonight I thought I would offer some of my high mountain homesteading household hints and helpers. Try to say that three times. Oh, I'll pass. <laughs> yeah, you'll pass. You know, you're not going to take me up on that. <laughs> Go ahead, Randall. <laughs> I don't think I could either. <laughs> well, um, it's sort of everything from, you know, kitchen to laundry and any other types of, of subjects, just things to make your life a little bit easier. And uh, I'll start with one, and then you all can, can share something, because I, I know you have something to tell me. I did receive an email from Jan, who lives in Washington State, and she was reading in my book about the mice stories and asked me if we had found any remedies, for, you know, keeping the mice from getting up under the hood of the car. So she sent along a couple of tips. Now, she doesn't have a garage, so the car is outdoors year-round. And she purchased one of those ultrasonic devices. You know, it, it emits sounds or some kind of a tone that keeps the rodents away. And she also recommended placing mothballs in, in like a nylon stocking and placing it under the hood. Now. She told me she's really happy to report that for a solid year she hasn't had any mice or rodents that have gotten up into her vehicle. So I don't know, do anybody, do you guys have problems with that kind of a thing? I don't know, James, do you do you have a car? Irish Spring Soap works also. You can use Irish Spring Soap, cut it up into chunks and put it in a stocking or something and put it underneath your vehicle and they don't like the smell of that or in your garage or in your sheds or anywhere in your house if you have them, any place that you have mice. You just cut Irish Spring uh, bars of soap up into like a quarter or eighth, and then lay it, stick it all over the place, and it works great. Oh, does it? You know, oh, yeah. I the mothball works also. That. Like you were like you were saying, the mothballs they it also does? work. Yes, it works really well. Ah, uh, okay. Well, well, I'll clue you in on something on mothballs though. Mothballs okay. also causes Alzheimer's. So if you use mothballs and you have them inside your house. 
you will wind up later on in life, like 10 or 20 years, if you keep them in your house like that all the time, you'll wind up with Alzheimer's when you get older. So Irish Spring Soap is a better recommendation. Oh, so you like the soap better. What, Cherokee, have you yeah. tried anything like this? Uh, we, the only time I had problems, and even growing up country, we never had any problems. And we always had the cars out um, year-round. But uh, we used Irish Spring, but before that, um, we would use steel wool and stuff around the wiring of the cars. And uh, okay, yes, the only time I had a problem was when I was up in Chicago. We got a, a mouse in one of the vans, and we had a devil the time getting rid of them. And uh, it was in the glove compartment. Uh, it oh, was no. made a nest in the glove compartment. So we um, we put uh, mothballs and Irish spring slivers in there. And uh, they didn't like it, but you also have to watch out for cats. Uh, in the winter time, they'll get up under the hood and uh, try to sleep on your engine, and you won't even know about it. So down here and up there in Chicago, but down here in um, uh, Ohio, we tap on the hood a few times to like wake to make the sure animals up in there. Yeah. Nothing there because we don't want to take a chance on killing a cat or anything. No, but, uh, and that that yeah, is that's... good advice. Although you know the cats that we have here are just so darn big, <laughs> I don't think that they would be able to get under there. <laughs> yeah, I just don't see one of the cougars <laughs> trying to get under the hood of the car. I, that's just not a problem maybe, I have maybe here. Maybe I don't know. Maybe Sounds like your mouse like to have a joyride. <laughs> <laughs> well, Maybe sleeping you on, actually, uh, on Jill's tractor or something <laughs> Well, it might uh, We actually did have an issue one time Where we had the car parked outside And we we do have a garage So we kept everything buttoned up pretty tight But we had the car outside, parked outside And we were getting ready to go somewhere And we actually saw this mouse run up okay. yeah. and, and get up on the wheel oh. And then kind of jump up under there And we couldn't get him out, and I knew he was there, and we had to go to town for an appointment. I think it was a doctor appointment or something I had, so I, I couldn't be late. And so we started driving, and the whole time I kept worrying that this mouse was going to somehow just come down onto my feet or, or crawl up by the gas pedal or something that was just going to jump out of me when I got to the mountain path. And so I'm, I'm just staring down there and hoping it isn't going to get me. And, you know, it rode all the way to town with us. And when we got to town, we actually parked in the parking lot, and we saw it jump back out. <laughs> it just wanted to go to the store. He got relocated without really yeah. meaning to, but it was just kind of a, quite a ride store. for me. <laughs> Probably out of milk or something. <laughs> well, you just never know, do you? James, any? I mean, I'm sorry. Um, Randall, did you have any other? Did you have any ideas about keeping mice away, or don't you have those problems? Yeah, I have plenty of them in my feed shed. Uh, decons, all thing work for me. Okay, the so cats you use won't a... catch them. You probably got a lot of snakes down there too, don't you, Randall? Keep the mice down. Yeah, uh, I 
I've had several black snakes around here. Thank goodness I've, we've lived here for 30-something years and never seen but one poison snake. And But I've seen several black ones, but I usually don't bother them. You know, I was raised in the country, and my grandmother watched us when we were preschool and kindergarten, and she taught me and my cousins never to kill a black snake because they were non-poisonous, non-venomous, however you want to say it, but they were a farmer's friend. And also not they really to kill a Betty Longlegs. Uh, and, and to this day, I've never I tried to, if I see a black rat snake or black snake, I, I take them and I pick them up and move them out of the way or whatever or just wait till they move past. And I, I never, uh, now, to my knowledge, killed a daddy long legs either. Cause you I know, they'll kill poison snakes too. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're pretty fortunate here because of the elevation that I live at. We really don't have any snakes up here. We might have a couple of the really tiny garden snakes, but... The yeah. other kind yeah. don't don't want to live up here, but in the valley, they do. They have rattlesnakes and and they do have snake problems. So I, that's one of the good things about living as high as we do uh, on this side of the mountain is that the snakes don't want to come up. Here. I'm kind of glad of that. Well, let's move on. Uh, to a friend of mine. Well, you can use grits also, like Randall, instead of using decon. He can use grits, and uh-huh. grits that will will not kill your cat or your animals, but they will kill the oh. mice. They they eat I it and then they that. swell up, and it kills them, but it yeah. won't hurt your animals. I'm glad you, you told me that. Eat? I appreciate that. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Grits they eat grits. The mice eat the grits. Yeah, the mice eat the grits, and then just like the decon, it swells up in their stomach and then kills them. To where if if a cat or a dog eats it. For some reason, it doesn't swell up enough to injure the animal, and the animal just goes to the bathroom, and it's okay. They just sort of have to go a little bit more <laughs> for a while. And you just put it out in a little, like in a little bowl or whatever, and they'll come up and eat it. And then they go outside and get the water, drink the water, and then it swells up, and then they don't make it back in. Oh, no, hmm. I, had no I had no idea about that. Not Yeah, I lost the dog because of, because of a decon. One of, my, one of my dogs oh, went underneath right. my grandma's house and ate some decon poison, it and is. then it died. Oh, oh sorry. Well, yeah. I caught my I'm little old dog eating some of it, and I just I just poured a cap full of peroxide down his throat, and it come right back. Oh, well, that's good. Oh, wow. I didn't realize that mine had eaten If it, it ever happens, time. just get you some peroxide, pour down their throat. That was well, about it. When, when I took him in, I had two dogs that had eaten it, and they took him in, and, and one died, oh. and the other one stayed alive, and they used vitamin A shots for my dog. And then as soon as I found yeah. that out, I went, I went to the to the drugstore and bought vitamin A pills and then bought some really soft dog food and fed it to the dog. And then when I took him in two days later for the next shot, they dried his blood and said, well, what'd you do? And he's almost totally healed from it. And I was like, I put vitamin A in dog food and fed it to him. Well, I'm glad that that helps. You know, there's a lot of of things that you can do, and we've we've talked about them before, you know, with the idea of the the home remedies, because before we had other options, you know, these are the kinds of things that people did and and that we used. So you're right, both of those can be used for for an accidental poisoning. Of course, 
I'm about ready to talk about frozen food, so I hope you're. <laughs> now, now no one's going to talk about that, right? But <laughs> well, actually, I had a couple of tips that I wanted to to let you know about the kitchen and about frozen foods. In fact, it's going to lead me into our little quiz that I wanted to give you. But now, there are some foods that I freeze, and it's basically just for convenience. I do prefer fresh foods as much as possible because I tend to think that freezing the food changes the texture and changes the flavor. But but why does it? And, you know, we've all wondered what those ice crystals are that appear on the food. And yeah, frosting. Yeah, well, we're we're going to find out because I've been I've been researching it and I found out that a percentage of the foods those cells when they freeze they burst and when the liquid escapes oh. the ice crystals form on the food and biologically it's a process called osmosis you've probably heard of that the by oh, which yeah. the yeah the liquid passes through the cell wall in order to equalize the pressure and then when it's frozen it causes the water you know to come to come through um, and allow the liquid from the outside of the cell to the inner so that's what forms the crystals and when those cells hmm. burst you know that's how you get the little ice pieces that's your biology 101 for today but um, it's but it's when kind those of cells burst it changes your your flavor of your food correct it does. It is going to change the flavor a little bit and also the texture. And that's why, you'll, like when you'll find, uh, you go to the grocery store or something and you'll, you'll buy something, maybe vegetables from the freezer, and you find all those little ice crystals on it. And sometimes I've wondered before about, well, how safe is it when I have to travel? We always carry um, big coolers. And we put everything yeah. in the coolers because we have quite a drive in order to get home. But let's say we get, you know, delayed and something happens. And I have sat there before and looked at the food and thought, well, to freeze, you know, or not refreeze, <laughs> that is the question. <laughs> so with that said, I've got a little quiz for you. So let's talk about meat and poultry for a minute. Do you refreeze it or you don't refreeze it if it starts to thaw? So we'll give everybody a crack at it. We'll start with James first. James, do you if refreeze it? If it starts to unthaw and it's not very unthawed, I would refreeze it. But if it's just like halfway unthawed, then I would cook it and use it or cook it and then refreeze it. But if it's if it's halfway or more, I would definitely cook it first, you know, and thought the rest of the way, cook it, and then refeed it back in the freezer if I didn't want to use it right away. Okay. Randall, what do you think? I have to go along with uh, James. I, I, if it wasn't too thawed out, I wouldn't mind it freezing, but if it gets too thawed out, I think it's dangerous. Mama always said that anyways. Okay. Yeah, and Jared, what do you think? You're, well, you guys are so smart. <laughs> yeah. You're absolutely right. Um, it it actually can be refrozen if it's been maintained at you know roughly 40, degree, 40 degrees or so, and it doesn't have discoloration or odor. But you're right. If you start to kind of see it begin to thaw, it's really best to go ahead and cook it. So, yeah. well, you guys each get a point. <laughs> cool. <laughs> All right. Let's look at. Um, 
Let's see. Now, the winner gets a trip to Montana, right? (laughs) Do they? (laughs) I'm asking you. (laughs) Oh, Oh, okay. Well, uh, my my show doesn't have that kind of budget, but I can send you a bookmark. (laughs) A nice one. Yay, that can be your little souvenir. If you guys win, yeah. Boy, I should really think about upping the prizes on my quizzes, shouldn't I? I should have a a better budget for my uh, for my quiz winners. You can buy an ice chest, Nancy, that actually plugs into your cigarette lighter. That actually will, if it has a reverse on it, one side is hot, and if you flip the little cord over and plug it in the other way, it will make the ice chest cold or actually freeze food. So you can buy that, yeah. that type of an ice chest. But you can't leave it running and not leave your vehicle running because an hour of that thing plugged in, without your vehicle running, you can come out and your it's not your battery's not totally dead, but it's dead enough that it won't start the vehicle. So you only have yeah. it running when your vehicle is running, but it works really well. Oh, that's good. Now, Nancy, do you all have dry ice out there? I'm sorry, Nancy? I couldn't hear you. Yes. Do you all have dry ice available to purchase out there? Oh, dry ice? Normally I'm sure you probably can. Yeah, yeah we, we do. We have those um, that you just keep in the freezer, and no. you know, they're yeah. in the bags that you refreeze, and we go ahead and take no, that. No, 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 no. She's talking no, dry no. ice, which you, you can't hold on to the ice because it'll burn your fingers. But it's a little bit more yeah. expensive. But dry ice would work. But every time you went to town, you'd have to buy dry ice to put on your food. And then when you get home, you really wouldn't want to put it back in your freezer even. You would just throw it away and then buy more next oh. time. That's why I was talking okay. about your uh, freezer that runs off a cigarette lighter, which keeps runs things off cold. off the lighter? Yeah. Okay. yeah. See what you mean? I well, didn't that's a good dry suggestion. ice to do that, but. Because we send a, a few packaged uh, food and send it over to each of the troops or something. We pack it in dry ice, and they can get it and still enjoy it, you know. I see. Okay. A lot of chocolate. Yeah, so far we haven't haven't tried that. We've just used the regular ice, those ice bags that you refreeze. Yeah. And that's what yeah. we put in our That's probably better. I sent salmon to Colorado for one of my friends, and I bought one of those uh, styrofoam ice chests, and I lined uh-huh. it with dry ice on all, all all six sides, and then I put two rolls of gray tape around it so the, the cheap cooler wouldn't come apart, and overnight expressed it to his house, and he said there was just a little bit of dry ice left, and the, and the salmon was all still frozen, so he was happy to get it. And that was from yeah. Colorado. Oh, that's good. Oh. I, I think that a lot of the food companies that ship so when you get those uh buy it online and they send it to you, I believe yeah. that that's how you do it as well. So there's you know, it definitely has merit. All right, yeah. well let me test you on your vegetables. We'll find out what you know about vegetables. Do you refreeze them or do you not refreeze them when you're starting to see them fall? <sighs> Go ahead, James. You don't refreeze them. I wouldn't refreeze them. I would go ahead and use them and just if you can't use them all up, you have to throw some of it away, but I wouldn't refreeze it if it was unthawing. Okay, Randall, what do you think? I'd have to go along with James. I'd, I would be scared of it, you know, if it was thawing out. Yeah, I, I understand what you're saying. Cherokee, what about you? Well, as much as I like vegetables, I have to agree with the guy. I, I, 
I throw it out there if it was too thought out. Yeah, I wouldn't, yeah you I boy, you guys it. are on you guys are on top of everything. They can only be refrozen if you see those ice crystals present. So if you don't see the ice crystals on it, then, <laughs> then uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm <laughs> what was I hearing? I was hearing something. Oh, no, not me. Not me. It's my dog in here growling. Oh, my okay. dog is rattling here wanting to play. Oh, oh, see, oh. now it's Randall. It's Randall. He was growling. Or was it your dog? It's my dog. <laughs> well, he, wants, well, to, he just wants to know about what we're talking about. That's all. In fact, I bet that he wants to talk about fruit. I think he does. He wants to know if you can refreeze fruit or not. I think that's what he's asking. So what do you think? He just wants food, period. <laughs> That's probably true. Fruit, I wouldn't refreeze it if it unthawed either, because like you said before, with the ice crystals, if they were if they were gone off of the fruit and whatnot, then I would eat it for a day or two, and then after that, if you still had some left, you'd either feed it to your animals or you would throw it out. You all agree with that? Yeah. I do. Yeah, yeah, I do too. It's It's true. They... You know, it can be refrozen if you're not seeing any signs of spoilage. But if it starts to thaw, actually, it's, it's even a good idea just to cook them. And you can turn them into yeah. jam, jellies, or, or something like yep. that. What, if, what about your foods that you've already cooked and, you know, you've made a big batch of spaghetti or something and you put it in your freezer and that begins to thaw? Maybe the electricity is, has gone out and... You're noticing it's beginning to thaw. Do you think it's safe to refreeze that? No, you would use it. You would heat it up and eat it that night. Yep, yep, use it. Feed it to your animals then. That's right. Well, you guys are right that, again, if you see the ice crystals on the food, then it's still okay. But if those ice crystals have gone away, even though it still feels like it might be frozen, it's really no longer safe to eat, and you wouldn't want to take a chance on it. What about ice cream? You know how you're coming home and and your ice cream maybe is thawing a little bit, partially. What do you think about that? Do you refreeze it or not? I have. Eggs in it and it has I'll tell you. Um, I'm sorry. So I got one no and two yeses. <laughs> I know. I should. I, <laughs> well, I have to tell you, if it's partially thawed, you have to discard it. Now, no. it's a crime, I know. Say it isn't so, say it isn't so. But it, you can actually get sick if it's partially thawed and you try to refreeze it again. I know it's just I not think fair. something like that, I would try and dump it out and eat all the, take a knife or something, cut off all the thawed yeah. part of it, leave the center part of it, <laughs> throw it back into the container, throw that in the freezer and say, okay, that was still frozen, so I can use this for later, but I'm making a milkshake or something out of this and eating it. Yeah. Yeah. I've, okay. I I come home and found half of um, that half goes in my belly. So, <laughs> yeah, so you, guys, you guys would kind of take your chances with that, wouldn't you? You would, you would try to eat what you thought was okay? 
Yeah, well, well was that I would eat that because it just it's still cold because it's you got the center of it that's still there. If you still got it, just if it's unthawed around the outside edges and whatnot, then you can just yeah. dump it out of the container, take a knife and cut off what is soft, and then leave the hardness there and throw it back into another container and throw it in your freezer. Use that, and I would reuse that part of it, and I would just eat the rest of it and say, "Kids, get over here! We got some ice cream to eat right now." Well. Randall, Randall, you're in the south, and so I know that you have right. those hot, humid temperatures and that ooh, thing ooh, all really fast. Um, yes. So what do you think about that? What would you do with your ice cream? Well, to be honest with you, that's something that I very, very rarely ever eat. Oh, okay, well, <laughs> really? then there's your answer. You don't, you don't even have to worry about it, do you? <laughs> I, I just, you know, it's just, I don't know. I just, I just never hardly ever eat it. I don't know why. Well, oh, man. You, you probably have, have some ice cream you like better. Or somebody. Uh, I, I just, I just, I, I like Cool Whip, but I don't care much for ice cream. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know, I no once knew somebody, <laughs> I, I once knew somebody that went on a Cool Whip diet. <laughs> I'm not kidding. I like frozen Cool Whip. <laughs> yep. Yep. They went on a Cool Whip diet and ate it for several days trying to lose weight. You know how there's the grapefruit diet. and, and Yeah, yeah. Did they lose any weight? Uh, no. <laughs> no, but I think he had well, a really good time on the diet. But I thought, now I've heard of a lot of diets before, but I've never heard of the Cool Whip diet. But, yeah. yeah That's I've never heard of it too much. That's pretty interesting. <laughs> that's, that's an easy diet to stay on. <laughs> okay, I got yeah, one last question. Yeah, well, it would be a fun diet. <laughs> I've got one last question for you. It's about shrimp. We were talking about, uh, James mentioned the seafood earlier, but what about shrimp? Can shrimp be refrozen? Absolutely not. No. I'd be afraid of that. Okay, so you all no. agree on that. I didn't catch anybody. You guys got all the right answers. And so you're correct. It cannot be refrozen. So everybody wins. Oh. Nobody, nobody will go home tonight with a hurt feeling. Everybody won. <laughs> Although I, I do have kind of an interesting side note about canned shrimp. I don't know if you guys ever use that. Sometimes it's sort of handy in a in a salad or something, but if you take the whole can and you submerge it in ice-cold water just, oh, for maybe an hour or so before you open it, it actually makes the shrimp have a fresher flavor. It won't have that sort of tin can in the can kind of flavor. Wow, so, that's great to know. <laughs> Never knew that. Yeah, yeah just kind of keep that, that one in, in mind. And since I tend to like food so much, I was even doing a little bit of research on some of the snack foods and, and how those came to be. So when do you think the first chip was invented, you know, like a potato chip type chip? Oh, I think it was in wow. Chicago's World Fair, but I'm not it sure which in, one. It was in 1853. That was wow. the first chip. And yeah, they've been Where around for a while, but it wasn't was it until being, uh, um, it wasn't. In, 
I'm sorry. I was talking over you, and I didn't mean to. Go ahead. No, 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 no. I was just saying, is if it, uh, where was it invented? Or, or, do you know? Was it Paris I don't know where. Yeah, I, I should have looked. All I got was, all I looked up was the date. And oh, okay. I didn't see any information about where it was. But I do know that it it was it wasn't until 1926 when a woman invented the first potato chip bag. Do you remember those wax bags that were sealed, you know, with an iron, and so it was kind of melted on the edge, and all your potato chips yeah. came in the wax paper bags, which they always, when I lived in Florida, they just went limp. The minute you opened the bag, within about five minutes, your potato chips were just <laughs> just kind of limp well, we, and, and, and sad. <laughs> well, we, we, uh, we have the graciousness of living where Hussman's potato chips came from, and it's right down the street, not even a mile from where I'm at right now. And my mom in the 30s would go down there and get a quarter, and they would give her five bags of freshly made hot potato chips, and each kid would get a bag, and it was enough to fill them up. And they were freshly made, and they used to take the kids every school trip, every school year, they take them through an elementary school and give them, show them how the chips were made and uh, give them samples to take home. So that was Hussman's. Um, and Isn't that a nice I memory? Know. Yeah. My neighbors yeah. used to get Charles chips. Does anyone remember Charles chips and those big tin? Big you know, the can. big tin? I do. Yeah, the can. I do. Do you? And well, we never yeah, got but my neighbors did, and they always looked so good because their chips always seemed to be a lot crisper and nicer, and ours were always just kind of limp and tired in those little <laughs> wax paper bags. So it was like chip envy, you know. <laughs> look at, look well, at my mom, we, we love potatoes in any way, shape, or form. And my mom used to say we couldn't have one of those cans in the house because <laughs> we took there and just eat meat, meat. <laughs> Wouldn't even oh, realize would be... how much we were eating. <laughs> and one yeah, time I was going down to Florida, I was going down to Florida and I got a box of husband's potato chips. And I got it on in Cincinnati. No, I got on in Indianapolis. And you would have thought I brought the steak royale or something on there because everybody was wanting that box because <laughs> 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 you couldn't get husbands down in Florida and uh, so it's kind of a, a, a taste um, that you just get from the state you know kind of thing but I remember uh-huh. Jay's potato chips up in Chicago they have Jay's potato chips and they're pretty good too but they come in the crispy bag greasy bag <laughs> Well, I'm not really familiar with, with that brand. We didn't eat a lot of them. Um, you know, we, how Randall said, he really didn't eat a lot of ice cream. We didn't really have a lot of chips, but uh, it was popular. You know, the kids would have them in their lunch at school and stuff, and so that's that's how I got my uh, information on chips. 
Well, let me talk to you a few minutes about getting rid of some common stains that are in the house because I found some tips that I thought were really helpful. And every now and then I do get, you know, a stain on my carpet or, or maybe in the fabrics. And for things like, uh, like a red wine stain or a stain that, that you know, has, has the tannins or a lot of color, you actually pour mm -hmm. salt on top of it and just let it sit there, and, and the salt will actually absorb the liquids. And if you just wait a while until it dries, you can vacuum it right up, and you don't have to scrub any of that. And wow. I, I, thought that was, I thought that was a really great one. Wow. <laughs> have you tried it yet? You missed that one. You know, I haven't tried it yet because... I'm just so careful I don't spill anything anymore. <laughs> I hear but you. I thought that when I wish I had known about that one when my girls were small, you know, for something like grape juice or I was always yeah. down there yeah. trying to scrub out with baking soda or some things like that. But I wish I would have known that all I had to Hydrogen do was pour salt on and walk away. Yeah, that would have been <laughs> that would have been so helpful. And I found another interesting one. Have have you guys ever gotten a, a scorch mark before? Maybe if you're ironing or something and you get a little bit of a, a scorch on, on something. If you take onion and rub a raw onion over that and let kind of the onion juice soak on it for a couple of hours, you can wash it in the washing machine and it will come right out. I could see where that would be. Mm. I never thought of it, but yeah, I could see. It'll come right out. And if you, I've done this before on my clothes. Again, I'm I'm a lot more careful now. But if you're uh, writing with a ballpoint pen, you know how sometimes you get a pen mark on yep. on oh, yeah. uh, you know, your shirt to sleeve or something like that. Do you know what gets out ballpoint pen? No, no I'm not not sure. Okay, I got gotcha. you. I didn't know. Milk or hairspray? Oh, wow. You can actually put a little milk on it and let it set, or you can spray it with a little hairspray, and you can get your ink stains out. So I thought that was I thought that was kind of cool, too. Yeah, because you put your pen in your top pocket sometimes, and you would you, when you, you forget to close it, you know, you know, out the ink pen is, and you write on your shirt as you put it in there, and you're like, uh-oh, that, that's probably room now. That's true, and you don't have to toss your shirt out. The, the next thing you can do is just try. I would try either one of those that you have handy, and it should take the ink right out of the fabric. It just kind of releases it, and it should wash out. So I thought that, I thought that was kind of cool. And that I was is. Looking around, yeah, isn't that neat? Um, I was yeah. looking around at a couple of things about baking and cooking, which is one of my favorites, so you know I had to give you all tips on on baking. <laughs> Just well, some of the recipes. <laughs> I know. Do, do any of you bake bread anymore? Anybody no. bake bread? Yeah, but I cheat. I buy one of those bread, bread makers that you just pour the batter in there or, or make it from scratch and you put it in there and you turn it on and it stirs it all up and you come back an hour later and your bread's done. That's true. Um, the, the bread machines are really handy. And But, you know, since you're making the bread at home and there's no preservatives or anything, you normally have to eat it in a day or two, which 
is actually no problem here at my house. Yep. <laughs> because when the bread's in the oven, everybody's standing around the oven. Even the dog is there, Penny waits. <laughs> and they're all just waiting and looking, and so I don't have that problem of the, the bread not lasting long. But if you do need it to last for a few more days, raisin juice concentrate. Just a little bit of it in your in your uh, dough before you bake it will make your bread last longer, and it's a lot healthier than using some type of a preservative. So wow. I thought that was neat. And you can find it at the grocery store. It's pretty common. Yeah. Raisin juice That's concentrate. And that way your bread I've will last. I've never seen none of that before. Longer. Um, yeah, I've seen oh. it in the stores before. You can get it in a small bottle. Oh, okay. And what happens if you're out of sugar? What can you do to as a replacement Honey. sugar? Honey, Honey. That's, that's an option. Honey, yep. yep. Any other ideas? Camel yeah. Um, Maybe that's, that Banana. would be kind of sweet. Um, but you know what I use sometimes if I'm out, out of sugar? A few drops I of vanilla. Huh. Oh. Okay. Yeah, a few drops of vanilla. Let's You're see. making us very hungry, Nancy. <laughs> oh, oh no, I know. I know that's well, right. Well, actually, <laughs> we're we've already passed the bottom of the hour, so there's there's only about 15 minutes or so left. So when we're done, you all can go find something to eat. I, I won't keep you much longer. <laughs> But, um, well, you remember how we were talking about our uh, ice cream a little while ago. And when you make your ice cream cones, if you're like me, I always, always get the one that leaks in my hand and down my wrist. It's, it's, like, it's like they follow me, or if there's one in the pack, I will pick that one. And, but I now know what to do to stop that from happening. And you just take a marshmallow and push it down at the bottom of the cone, and then the marshmallow will make sure that it, nothing leaks. <laughs> what a good idea. Yeah, we yeah. got a marshmallow to eat two at the end, huh? That's true. That's true. So, see, it's the two-for-one special. So you actually get something <laughs> something else at, at the end. You get the prize at the bottom, right? A lot of people are so disappointed when the ice cream's gone. No, the marshmallow's down there at the bottom. You could do that. Okay, who grills? Do, does anyone grill outside on your barbecue All grill? the time. I do. Yeah. Okay. I do, too. What do you do if the grill gets too hot? You know how it how sometimes you're grilling and it'll get too hot and you'll have those little like flares, um, flames in the meat or something. Flame up, yeah. So, I use water. I use a, a bottle with water on it or even a cup and pour water on it and put it out. Okay, so you do you do the uh, water, Rand, uh, Randall? What do you do? Well, I start off. I put a piece of tin foil over my grill, and when all the grease kind of gets drained out of it, good. I put it to the grill, then I take that tin foil up, and I usually don't have no flare-ups. Oh, that's a good idea. That's a good idea. Cherokee, do you grill out? Do you use a grill at all? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And I do basically the same thing that Randy does. Um, 
except I do have, um, I, I don't like a lot of grease on my food, so I love to grease it down, but I use sand, I sprinkle sand on the, on the fire if it gets too hot, or mm-hmm. I put another sheet of tinfoil over it, and it will take some of the heat away from the, the meat. Anyway. Well, are you, are you guys using uh, coal, or is it a gas grill? Mine's a gas grill. I, I use, my use charcoal, Kingsford charcoal. Okay. I use both. If I'm not camping, I grill. If I'm home, I use dead. Or you use a fire. You grill on a fire, too, and then you just push the fire back away and leave the hot coals and then kind of put a couple new fresh logs around and then drop your grill right there on the hot coals and cook that way. Or you you can just raise your grill up. Yeah, and and when you're cooking outside, uh, cooking outside with a fire, like James said, you can do it that way too. Because we have a we have a fire pit outside, and we have a couple of of grills that we can actually lay um, on there, even though it's it's a, a fire pit that you can use also to roast marshmallows and things like that. But we do have a grill we can lay across the top of it. Well, I have a suggestion that you guys might be interested in in trying. If your grill starts getting too hot you can actually place lettuce leaves on top of the coals, and that will eliminate the, the flare-ups and the little, you know, the fire and the smoke spewing up. What do you think of that? Wow. That's I great. I didn't know that. I never thought of that. Yeah. You stumped all yeah. of us, that one. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, it's probably not one you would actually actually think of. I don't do a whole lot of cooking outside. Um, one thing, we don't have a lot of time that is nice enough to be outside. Our summers are really short, and we do grill out every now and then, but for the most part, it's I have to get really desperate for something grilled. And around spring, I usually do. We can The snow's still on the ground, and, you know, it's, it's 20 degrees outside, and I'll just finally think, oh, I can't take another day of this. I have to grill out. And I've actually posted pictures of me standing there in the snow, you know, trying to, trying to grill something. Um, but usually when the weather is nice outside, I have a lot of chores to do, and I want to spend time with the horses, and I want to be out. And normally I'm not, I'm not grilling outside. Um, sometimes I don't even get dinner until later because it doesn't get dark here until almost, well, at the, at the peak of the summer. It's probably about 1130 or so, almost midnight before it gets dark. Wow. It, it, yeah, and it doesn't get dark all the way. So you still have a fairly bright feeling. It's almost like it is in Alaska, and it's dark for about you know, four hours. You yeah. can work and outside then, if your eyes adjust to it so you can stay out there and can kind of finish up what you're doing, even if it does get dark on you because it doesn't get all the way dark like you said. You're right. And so what ends up happening is I'm still outside, still doing things, and all of a sudden I realize it's 10 o'clock at night. <laughs> and I, it, it doesn't feel like it because it's still practically daylight, and I'm thinking, well, I guess I guess I must suffer. You know, everybody's getting older now. They can go in and get something they want. So we tend to be outside often in the, in the evenings, which is why I'm not doing as much cooking in the, in the summertime. But let me give you another tip that you might like if you're going to work outside with your barbecue bowls. 
if you wrap an onion in foil and add it to the coals, it it gives a real nice, like, smoky onion flavor, I guess. Um, you know, oh. almost like a flavor to your meat. And so that yeah. might be something that... That might be something that you want to try. Yeah. You can also Making throw me in hungrier. a little. I know. <laughs> um, you can also throw in a handful of wood chips that have been soaked. Does anyone do that? Because that that makes a nice smoky flavor on the meat too. I haven't done that, but I. Uh... I've heard of people doing it, but I've never done it. So. Yeah, we we use it basically almost like a smoker, and you can put it in your grill, and it gives, gives everything a really nice a, a really nice uh, flavor. Cool. So mm. let's talk about chicken. <laughs> <laughs> let's talk about chicken. When you got to boil your chicken. Forty-five minutes to an hour before you put it on the grill, or it does not turn out, and it's not done, and you're going to eat raw chicken. Oh, really? Now, see, I haven't done that. We we'll put it on the we'll put it on the smoker, and uh, get it really hot in there, and I don't have to pre-cook them. Do you pre-cook your chicken before you put it on the grill? I don't. Yeah, I don't either. But I I, never I don't like I cook it. I cook it up high. So it cooks longer. That might be why I can get away okay. with it. James, do you cook yours ahead of time? Yes. Unless I'm going to cook oh, okay. it like you said in the smoker. If I got it in the smoker, then I'm okay because I keep it up high and I get it good and hot and let it work. But if I yeah. want to get it pretty soon, pretty quick, and just kind of get a smoky yeah. flavor, then I will put it in the pan and boil it with water for 45 minutes to an hour and then put it on the grill. And just oh wow! Well, that's a good idea. So, in a sense, you almost kind of steam it a little bit. It probably keeps it moist too. Yes, and you don't—it's not half as dry because you don't cook as as long because you've already got it pretty much done. You know that, and you're just basically getting the crispy on the outside and the smoky flavor on it, and then you take it off and eat it. And that gives you time to make other things while you're doing that too. Yeah, that's a that's a good hmm. idea. I'm. I don't know who brought chicken to the Americas. It was brought here in 1493, but whoever it is, I really want to say thank you because it's one it's one of my favorite things that Me I like too. to cook out. Yeah, and I use it a lot inside too. A lot of you know when I roast them or, yeah. or do stir fry or or any of those if, ideas. I'm just a real fan of chicken. If chicken goes extinct, I'm dead. Oh no. <laughs> Now, when you bake them in the oven, and, and this is a really common tip. I think a lot of people probably do this, so I'm not really telling you anything new. But when I bake the chicken, I always bake them with the breast side down. And I keep a little bit of, of either chicken broth or often uh, ginger ale. And I pour it into the bottom of the pan because, you know, your white meat's going to cook faster. And it tends to dry out. The white meat cooks faster than the dark. So I find that, that that gives everything um, good moisture. And so when you bring your chicken out of the oven, you're not going to have a, you know, dry white meat to it. So I don't know. Have you guys ever tried that, cooking your chicken upside down? 
No. I I haven't, and and also I I I uh, use a fork and I um, uh, poke the chicken all over and then pour the chicken broth or or whatever the ginger ale over mm-hmm. the chicken, and that way some of that juice or oil or whatever um, goes into the chicken itself and. Uh, it keeps it from drying out too. I haven't well, done it, one. but I've seen people do it. They take a can of beer and use a whole chicken, and they stuff a can of beer inside of it, and then they roast it. And it's supposed to keep yeah. the chicken way more moist and whatnot, and it doesn't have an alcohol flavor because the the alcohol evaporates out of the beer. And I yeah. use it like orange juice or cranberry juice or something in like in a turkey or whatever and putting it on my barbecue or even in the big pan and I put a bunch of vegetables around it and then put some apple in it and some oranges and some lemon and then I use some kind of citrus juice down around the bottom and mix it with like 50-50 with water and then put it down in there and I always keep it at least half full of water when it's cooking and I cook it for like eight hours on my grill and I have a turkey that way. I have a friend. I shouldn't have listened to this. Renee. I shouldn't have listened to mine. I'm so, so hungry. Oh. <laughs> Hi, Nancy. Oh, hello, Sorry. Renee. I just heard you. Yeah, I think I just heard I something. Renee, friend. there you are. I have a friend who is Jewish that actually just uses a meat tenderizer um, and just beats it really good before she before she grills um, or fries. Um mm-hmm. And it it make it really makes a difference in how tender it is. Oh, well, yeah. that's a good suggestion too. You, you know what else I've done when I'm getting ready to to roast a, a chicken is sometimes if you, if you can lift the skin up a little bit, and I've put garlic and a little bit of butter underneath it, and then sort of mm-hmm. put you know mm-hmm. put the skin back down. Now that's how the chefs do it. Even with a the turkey, they'll raise the they'll raise the skin and they'll and they'll you know, butter it up with the um, the poultry seasoning and the basil and all that stuff. That's true. It's uh, uh-huh. that turns out well too, and it, again, it keeps that white meat nice and moist. In fact, uh, right. sometimes if I'm baking a ham, have you ever bought one of those spiral hams? I've uh-huh. taken yes. uh, slices of orange and actually kind of slid them in between the the spiral cuts. And that gives the meat a really nice kind of citrus uh, flavor while it's baking too. So that's another, you know, that's another idea that you might want to give a try. I wish so, that I had um, been able to prepare a little bit for the show. I used to have this book that was called Backyard Roughing It, and it was it was really fun. You know, you can actually like like line the bottom of a wheelbarrow and just use it like a use it like a oh, yeah. a barbecue Barbie. yeah <laughs> just uh, yeah. just just line it with your wood or your briquettes and and actually cook your meal right over on your on your wheelbarrow <laughs> we put sand in ours before so we didn't burn the tire we put it about half full of sand and then we put our briquettes or our fire in it and then we used the very top for the grill and cooked in it oh that's clever yeah that's a really yeah. clever idea well, you know, guys, I really appreciate every single tip that you've offered, and I've loved our conversation. And I've only got a couple minutes left, so our hour is gone. I don't know how it went so fast, but it did. 
Um, I I hope that you enjoyed it. I hope that that these hints help you, and I certainly appreciate the ones that you've offered to everybody who's been listening. And if you actually have some more that you want to write about, if you remember them later, just just post them at the bottom on the radio page or on the YouTube link. You can actually write them there, and that way people can can see them, even though we didn't get a chance to to talk about them. So I want to say a very special thank you to all of you, James and Randall and Cherokee and Renee. Thank you so much for calling in and talking to me tonight for for this hour. The next uh, show is going to be on Wednesday, September the 4th, at the same time, 9 p.m. Eastern and 7 p.m. Mountain. And I hope that uh, everybody stops by at my website at quinnwildlifeart.com and look over my books and my art and my jewelry and my new video. It's posted. It's about an incredible lightning storm that I able I was able to I get a saw few minutes. It. Very good. Did you see that one? It really yes, is. It's, very good. It's, it's something to see. So you can look that up on the YouTube channel. The link I is saw. on my website, or you, you can search under. Nancy Quinn videos or the channel, which is High Mountain Homesteading. But yeah, it, uh, go check it out because it's it's quite a it's quite an interesting thing to see those massive bolts of lightning. It was it was an exciting adventure. So I've only got a couple of seconds left. So let me say thank you again, and we'll talk soon, hopefully next month. And I will say good night to everybody. Good night. Good night. Good night. So, good night. Have a good night. You too. Good Thank night. you. Good night, all. Good night from the West. Good night, John Boy.